Okay, are we recording? We are. We've started. We are now recording. Okay, I'm here with Miguel Flores, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening to History Voyager. And we are going to talk about. He's got a podcast where he gets into the deeper meaning of comics, which I thought was fascinating. So, Miguel, why don't you start us off? All right. Yes, of course. I mean, uh, it's just that there's so much to talk about there. Um, for example, uh, I was telling you about uh, character development, uh, why some situations happen the way they happen, or why some characters behave the way they behave. You know, maybe... A lot of people uh, still, you know, out of this universe of comic books may not completely understand it. Some people are starting to, but because of the, you know, the Marvel movies, for example, or I don't know, uh, the situations that are doing in DC and Warner. I don't know. It's just that um, people is getting to know superheroes in a way that you would only know them in the comic books, you know. That's one of the, uh, one of the things that I like to talk about. But well, it's just that there's so much here to talk about that I don't know if you have any question, or maybe we can start with a little detail that you may so, want to discuss first. So how? Okay. So first, okay, we need to back up. We need to back up for people because <laughs> yeah. I have a bit. I have a big audience, and not everybody knows. Lots of people don't know. Uh, you are in Mexico City. Yes, that's right, sir. And you, we got, we, we, we found each other because of a common podcaster in uh, Singapore. Yeah, our friend Vicky. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Vicky uh, in Singapore. And she, I was on, I'm on her radio show on Wednesday. And she was telling me that you do this podcast on the deeper meaning of comics. So first, let's start off. How in the world did you get into comics? Let's start with there. Well, um, it's um, it's kind of a hobby that I have. You know, I have it with one of my brothers. Actually, I do the podcast with him, and um, mm-hmm. we got into comic books because we saw it as um, I don't know, maybe something we we could uh, we could relate to. For example, stories like Batman or, for example, Spider Man. One of the one of the comics that was on top of the world when we started, and that was, imagine, it was still 20th century, uh, was, for example, Spawn. We were a lot into mm-hmm. uh, um, the X-Men, especially because of the cartoons. I started watching the cartoons in the 90s, the X-Men series or Spider-Man, or there's also um, the one that was from Batman. Batman, the animated series, was just the that was Jewel, and that was like my first approach to comic books because the stories came from there. I mean, I always thought to myself, I don't know, they they are so different to regular kids show that something must must be different. They have to come out of somewhere different, and that's how I learned about you know the comic book itself. Uh, I was a little kid, probably I was like five or six years old, probably. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that was a long time ago. So you were a five or six year old um, in Mexico. Yeah. Who is um, liking 
the Batman with um, Mark Hamill, the guy that did uh, the one that did the Joker. Yeah. yeah. Mark Hamill actually was the voice of the Joker. That voice was uh, right now that I am a little bit older. I appreciate the quality of his work. But back in the day, I remember that the guy was creepy. I mean, I was a little kid and that was really I, I, I could get impressed with anything. And yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was that was the real, you know, the laugh and all the evil in, in, behind that laugh. I mean, I started hating uh, clowns, one, because of the movie It, and second, because of the Joker. <laughs> I remember I remember It. Okay, so so you do this podcast with one of your brothers, mm-hmm. um, and I guess it's in, is it, presumably it's in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, it's in Spanish. Okay. Uh, well, most of our audience is, you know, from Latin America, some parts of Europe. Uh, most of it Spain mm. but well mm. we have some people listening in, in the US especially people that speak Spanish um, people from Portugal mm. Italy France we received the other day some messages from from India a Mexican guy in India but well I mean <laughs> <laughs> that was it's, better it's than nothing small, being <laughs> a podcaster it's a really small world yeah. All right, so Talk to me about, you wanted to talk about the direction of, of, I guess, DC and Marvel. So are you more a DC guy or a Marvel guy, first of all? Personally, I consider myself a little bit more of Marvel guy, but it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy a good story from DC. I mean, I love both of them, but if mm-hmm. I have to, I don't know, to put myself or to give myself a side, I would say a Marvel one. I don't know. It's just that there is something about uh, the Marvel universe. Of course, maybe it's just my opinion. That, but I don't know. It feels a little bit more human, a little bit more closer to the uh, the living. Closer, people. closer to reality. Yeah. A little bit, of course. Considering that, for example, a, 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 a radioactive spider bites a kid, and now this kid has superpowers of spider. Of course, I mean, understanding that <laughs> there is some things that there. There's just no chance they can be real, right? Or, for yeah, example, but... I don't know. It's just that I believe DC Comic has, besides Batman or, yeah, taking away Batman of the equation, it feels like we're watching uh, demigods, almighty powerful people. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it. It's just that, I, I don't know. It's just that I I don't... Mm. I don't mind I mean, too much as with Marvel uh, universe. I mean, the thing about Marvel is the thing about Marvel is <clears throat> it has to take place in reality. I mean, it takes place in New York, where where Superman takes place in Gotham. And uh, actually, Metropolis, Gotham is Batman's territory. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but Superman well, takes place in Metropolis. City, right? That's one of the things. I mean, they are not yeah. exactly based on the real city. I don't know. Maybe it's just a small detail. And maybe a lot of people takes takes that for granted, but mm-hmm. sometimes that is also part of you know getting close to reality and being uh, over a complete fantasy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Of course. So maybe mm-hmm. that's one of the details, one of those small things that you see there, you know. So, so you're more okay. So I don't know. Well, I don't know if you can tell. Nobody listening to this can tell, but 
I decided to wear my Batman shirt today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> For all the people wear... listening, Mr. Kitchings is on Batman. <laughs> I'm wearing my Batman shirt today. That's right. Um, so I thought oh, I'd yeah. wear that. But, um, <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm a big fan of Batman. I'm, I'm a big, big fan. But... Um, I I have to agree with you. I even even if I am a Marvel guy, a lot of people find this uh, statement that I'm gonna do like, wait, are you for, for you for real? Yeah, of course. Batman is probably the best superhero of all time, just for one simple factor. He has yeah. to deal with Superman, Wonder Woman, the Flash, uh, Green Lantern stuff. They are gods. They're basically gods, and this guy is just a simple human being, probably the most athletic human being on Earth. And the most intelligent human being on all earth, and me, all the Justice League agrees. The most dangerous one of all of all of us is Batman. And we're talking about Superman saying, "I won't mess with that guy, even if people pay for it. I wouldn't mess with the man." <laughs> you know, you know. Mm-hmm. But even though I'm a Marvel guy, I have to say that the best is Batman. I think everybody. I think pretty much everybody says. I'm a Marvel guy, but I love Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's like a two sentence, it's like a two sentence thing. But, yeah, it's it's also because it's the other, it's like the other complete side of Superman. You know, uh, oh, you yeah. know, have this Wonder Boy, uh, I don't know, big old Boy Scout. You know, trying to do everything right, and he's like the image of. Uh, a lot of people say the image of the American way. I mean, I don't watch it just because he is the American way, but I don't know. It's just that the image that Superman gives us is like this all perfect guy with the most, I don't know, the most powerful guy in the freaking universe. But he has a lot of respect for a guy that is just a human being, you know, and that's that's the coolest thing about Batman. Yeah, you can be all the tough you want, but you ain't going to get you ain't going to beat me. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> And that's the coolest thing about Batman because it's also I believe it's also one of the things about Batman is all the villains that he has to fight against. Because well, for example, Joker, but I'll see uh what Two Face or Delphi, no, it's Two Faces, or the Penguin, or Poison Ivy, or the Riddler, or even Harley Quinn. I don't know. Instead of you know being the regular ha ha ha, I'm the bad guy and I'm gonna conquer it just because I say so. There is a there is like a bigger background with um. With all the the enemies of Batman, you know, like the other day we were doing a podcast, mm-hmm. a little debate about who would be crazier, Batman or the Joker. And let me tell you why. We were using as a reference one of the Joker origin stories. It's very similar to the Joker movie, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just a guy that has so much bad luck. That it's just a matter of time that you see him going crazy. Just a matter of time. I mean, it was, mm. it was there. I mean, it's gonna happen. We all saw that coming, right? Mm. And the way he attacks things is by, I don't know, like fighting with his things is creating more things. I don't know. Was, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to explain it myself real good. But well, like the way, I mean, the thing I like about the thing that kind of creeps me out about the Joker. Is the Joker's crazy? Like the Joker's just his superpower is he's crazy. I mean, even Superman is, has uh, has to 
has to double check with him, you know? I mean, we're talking about Superman, but this the Joker, just a guy that has, uh, I don't know, the look on his face. He doesn't even need to be super powerful, you know? It's, he can be a nor another human being with a lot of mental issues and a good motivation. But sometimes one of the things we were talking about in that, that show is that, okay, maybe the Joker, maybe he's not really that crazy. Maybe he knows what he's doing and he's doing his thing is just to create chaos. But he's super aware that his thing is chaos. You know, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people and, and I was, we were reading a lot of comic books just to get into that thing. Uh, a lot of psychiatrists in Arkham were saying it's just that we cannot find one simple thing to say this guy is crazy. Because every time we test the guy, he is completely aware of what he's doing. And one of the definitions of calling a, a person a mental ill uh, person is if he is not completely aware of his surroundings, of his actions, you know, mm. but the Joker is all the opposite. I know mm. I'm doing crazy things, but I am, I am completely aware of it, you know, and that's mm. when I, we think, okay, is he really that crazy or his thing is to make everybody believe he's crazy mm. because there is no reason why he's coming in and out of Arkham, even though may, he may escape or sometimes or Harley Quinn gives him a hand. I don't know. But the mm. thing is that there is a reason why he's, Uh, in and out, in and out, in and out, Arkham all the time. And Batman has to go all that way after him. I mean, the easiest thing would be just to kill the guy. But, of course, we understand that Batman has a code. <laughs> yeah, right? well, okay. I, I know what Batman's code is. But maybe, okay. So let's, okay. Mm -hmm. Batman's code is Batman does not kill people. Well, And... I believe that Batman's code is the thing that keeps him com from going completely crazy. Mm. Because, okay, he says, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to cause you so much pain that you're going to think twice about doing whatever you were doing. It doesn't matter if it's, um, I don't know, causing you seizures, breaking your bones. I mean, the guy doesn't kill, but if you look at it in a certain way, he kind of tortures. I mean, okay, you understand he doesn't cross the line of killing, But he puts people in coma, puts them in a vegetable state. I mean, it's like, well, you should have killed him, man. It would have been best for the guy. Mm. But, you know, it's the thing that he has. It's like sometimes we feel like, uh, well, that's, that's what I was thinking the other, that day is Batman controls his inner demon as showing or giving a look of his inner demon in the um, – In the person of Batman, you know, Batman is his inner demon or a representation of his inner demons, but he's using it to fight crime. You mean, okay, Batman is Bruce Wayne's inner demon. Exactly. Okay, okay. And that's what is one of the th things we said, okay, maybe, the, okay, maybe Batman is the guy that fights for justice. He's the good guy, but probably the way he does it, well, can be a little bit questionable, you know? It, it, it still, I mean, it doesn't take the fact, fact that he's probably the superhero of all time, but you understand that he's a human being. Yeah. And all yeah. human beings, we all have things, we all have our baggages. Sometimes we don't like them, but they are there. So, are you familiar with The Watchmen? 
Of yes, of course, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes. okay. Doctor so Manhattan is where, a jewel. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan to me is like um, their take on Superman, basically. Sort of. I mean, not exactly, but sort of. Maybe the physical the, representation because he's like the most powerful uh, of all the the Watchmen, you know. But the way he approaches things is like the complete opposite of Superman, you know? Tell me about that. Tell me about the complete opposite. Yeah, Superman. Superman still believes in, in hope that he brings to people. When you sometimes read The Watchmen, you feel like Dr. Manhattan is completely the opposite. I mean, I am so powerful that I understand that what happens to a little kid falling from a building Yes, it may be a tragedy for a very small group of people inside a big world with six, 66 billion of people. I'm not really sure about the number. And for the universe, it's completely irrelevant. It's just a number. Oh. At least that's the take on Dr. Manhattan. I mean, he has the power to completely destroy the universe, probably, or I don't know. He's super powerful that everybody is afraid of him or they respect him because they fear him. I mean, he, he in the in the timeline, he basically won Vietnam, I think, for Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. technically he was he was there. Yeah. You know? So my thing is so my thing I think Rorschach and basically Rorschach and Night Owl are kind of Batman basically mm -hmm. well we can say that I mean he um, I guess that Rorschach the thing about him is like Batman with a I don't know how can I say this a, mm. a darker bot Batman if, if there is something possible like hey, what's going on here <laughs> A Batman that makes Batman in year one look uh, look very tame. Yeah, I mean, he probably Batman saying. is like Superman next to Rorschach, to put it in a simple way. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, right. No, right, totally. And that probably the thing that I like about it is precisely that. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna hold himself back. He understands that he there are things that have to be done and he says okay if nobody wants to do it i'm gonna do it it doesn't mm. matter if mm. someone has to silence this guy because this guy has you know crossed the line a bunch of times you know ah, how can i say this he doesn't see any way he doesn't see the way uh, the rest of the group see it but that's probably one of the thing the great things about watchmen i mean they they give you a look of what is really to be a superhero and what is having this kind of ability, responsibilities, or, well, I don't know if I, I can call it responsibilities, right? But sometimes being a superhero or being somebody with superpowers, of course, inside of the comic book universe, is like a definition of either you're a superhero or you're a supervillain. You cannot stay still. You have well, to do something. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the... the the trope, or, or yeah, the, I guess the trope, if I can use that word, of, of superhero-ness, is that, you know, there, you never see, like, a whole comic book of superheroes having a lazy Saturday. 
No. <laughs> Probably it has to be a special number about Christmas or Easter. In your, in your case, probably 4th of July. And even though there's something always happening because they're superheroes. I mean, the chaos is around them all the time. Okay, let me ask. When, yeah. With with, uh, with um, comics, are there Mexican additions to the comics? Or is it... Or, or do they translate the comics into Spanish, or how does that work? Well, there are actually we um, we have a sponsor. It's a comic book store here in Mexico that they they import the comics straight from the United States. But most of them, there is there are companies here in Mexico that that they buy the license, the licenses of all Marvel, DC, and some other companies like, for example, uh, IDW, Dark Horse. Uh, what is the name of this other guy? Image. Well, Image. Image comic books, for example. I mean, they already mm -hmm. so they buy the licenses and they make like a translation. Sometimes it's not really accurate, but because you have to adapt it to the Mexican audience, you know, there are some things yeah. that not be completely 100% exactly the same or at least the same idea as the original comic book. Because even though you're making a translation, for example, there are references, there are jokes, there are comments that maybe only the American audience is going to understand. So you have to make it a little friendly for the Mexican or in this, some cases Latin American uh, audience, you know. But yes, of course, we, we can have both sides. It's maybe not as big as we would love to, but yes, there are some big library stores. Or big libraries or comic book stores in the city. Since the pandemic, the internet and, for, for example, getting all of those in Facebook, Facebook shopping, for example, I have no idea. They, they had a Amazon version of face in Facebook, but you can find some things there. Of course, we have Amazon. Um, we can use like streaming services. Probably, well, they started in the U.S., but they also are also here in Mexico. About reading the book, uh, comic books online, and of course, the the you know the smaller names they do it independently. Sometimes they just publish it on internet on their websites or or social media. Wow! They, and that's so how they, they publish. Do it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there in the world that are starting to practice, you know, this thing about going online because probably the big publishing companies are not really paying attention to them they should because they there's a lot of stories that you have no idea what you're dealing with so there's not like a, a latin centric author mm, no it's just uh, there's a lot of yeah. independent things there's a lot of independent things but like a big one not really i mean my brother and i were talking about it the other day in a show last year about why there isn't a Mexican comic book that really can compete against the big names. Okay, maybe not Marvel and DC because that's rather impossible and we, we understand that. But for example, maybe going side by side with something like The Walking Dead or maybe something about mm -hmm. Conan. There's Conan the Barbarian comic books uh, re-released here in Mexico. The Star Wars saga. Um, mm. There's a lot of things. But... We also noticed a little tendency, especially the last two, three or four years, about the Japanese comic book, the manga, that is mm -hmm. 
blasting in popularity, like <laughs> skyrocketing, you know? Mm. Actually, we made a debate last week about it when mm. we were saying why, okay, the comic book sales are keeping steady all over the world. Mm. We had to use the numbers in the United <laughs> States because those are the most accurate. The, the information that they have is way better than the one we have in Mexico. But that was our first reference. And of course, if the market moves in a certain way in the United States, probably here in Mexico is going to be very similar. And we noticed that there is a lot more manga work. Of course, licenses coming from Japan that are going so popular. Like we couldn't believe the demand that there was for manga. And the comic book is like, it's there, it's steady, but it's not either going up or going down. It's, it's, it's there, you know. The number is steady, you know. And um, that, that was creating a debate in, 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 well, with my brother and me, because we were saying, yes, the comic book sales are still, you know, keeping themselves. I mean, they are, the business is not going down, but definitely it's not growing. But manga is going like super super popular, especially here in Latin America. I'm talking about Latin America in general because uh, people from the continent in our show told us that there has been this, I don't know, rise of manga works and licenses coming from Japan of titles that are popular in the moment. And there's a lot of variety, you know? You find a lot of stories, and maybe that's one of the things that it maybe the comic books are not, especially the American comic books, as far as I have seen. They need to address a little bit more, you know, to have a bigger diversity of stories, so to to reach more more people, uh, bigger markets. But of course, I understand that the comic books work. You Talk know, about a lot of things. So the critique, so the critique you have is the uh, the lack of diversity of stories. I'm not talking about here about a political agenda, right? I want to make myself really clear about uh, watching more, um, I don't know, um, more representation because honestly, I don't think that comic book uh, characters need it. As long as you develop a good story. I know, but you were saying that the story, the stories aren't diverse, not the characters. The, the, probably that's one of the things. The other day we were talking about this uh, comic book series that was, uh, I, I think it was The New Warriors, right? Mm -hmm. It was this um, this team of superheroes. They were already before, but they, they were completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, this Marvel superhero team. Mm -hmm. Last year they tried to make a run when they... Marvel just changed them completely to say, okay, we this is our LGBTQ plus or you know or gay community superhero group. At least as far as that that's how I saw that. Because there was no character development. They would just throw the, the superhero team in your face to say you must like them because they are diverse. There was no character development, so you can attach to them. It was like, okay, we're here, so what do we do? We're the good guys. We're going to fight bad guys. End of story. And why they are special? Because one of them is gay. One of them is binary. One of them is bisexual. And that's it. And you're like, really? That's it? 
So, and there's, you, think, and so for, you think the late, you think the writing got lazy and and maybe sort not of the like, writing, like, maybe not the writing itself, because I understood that they had to do it, the writers had to do it because somebody from upstairs gave them the, the call to say we need a characters like this and the the classic have to you know they have to establish a more i don't know it's like there is an agenda going on there especially in marvel a more inclusive I a agenda i guess in, in america we call it an inclusive agenda yeah probably i mean i'm, I'm okay with it i'm not against the inclusive agenda at all i want to Make myself perfectly clear. But, but I mean, I'm one of the first guys that wants to impulse, to, wants to embrace it. But you're but, saying the writing is lazy and needs they need to work on the writing and the character development. Exactly. I mean, like that. Yes, yeah. that's the point. That's that's yeah. that's yeah. a real point right there. I mean, I don't understand why Marvel, especially Marvel DC, is just playing classic. There's a re I, I was watching some numbers. There is a reason why the, the DC numbers in sales are bigger than the marble ones but it's because of this thing there was a there's something behind the the writing was lazy but because the 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 editors were like i want this type of story but and the writers are but i have this story this guy has to go through some path about self-discovery or i don't know overcoming some odds and whatever this is a people uh, this is a story people can relate to but they say but he's not i don't know i, I and i don't want to sound disrespectful But he's not black enough. He's not gay enough. He's not Latin enough. And you're like, what? You're gonna deny my story because of that? Well, okay. Let's let's take it. Let's take it. Okay. Yeah. How yeah, would somebody be Latin? How would somebody be Latin enough? You're you're Latin American. How would somebody be Latin enough? That's the point. That's what the whole comic book fans are asking themselves. That really doesn't matter. You can come from the farthest point in the world, but if your story is good enough, people is going to buy it. And we don't need a political agenda there. You know what I'm saying? But like, not inclusive enough. It's like, for example, the other day we were talking in a, a new show that we also do on Mondays. Uh, about Disney canceling a lot of great, great stories for TV shows because they were not inclusive enough. And you're like, how do you, first of all, how do you define that? How do you define well, what is inclusive and what is not? Well, isn't it also, like, who is defining it? Exactly, because you know, you're, like, yeah. You're depending on the uh, the editor's opinion, or you're depending on the director's opinion. But yes, but it's only one perspective. And I know it because I also have Disney Plus because of my daughter. Um, and I don't know. There there were some new TV shows that came out recently, but she's like, uh, it's cool and all of that, but uh, I'm not really into it. You know why? I don't know. It's just that they are they are talking about this particular subject a lot, and they don't let. I don't know. It's just that they don't let the character do anything. Well, what did you think of the Mandalorian? Sorry, you said you have Disney Plus. What did you think of the Mandalorian? Ah, oh, that's a great. That, one of the best Western stories ever. Oh, by the way, it's set in space. That gives it a big plus. But 
the Mandalorian and maybe what it set off was expanding the Star Wars universe beyond mm. the regular canon, you know, like uh, the Skywalkers mm. and fighting the darts and whatever. The Mandalorian was like some um, wind of fresh air in your face. Like, it really reminded me of it reminded me of like Quentin Tarantino. If Quentin yeah, Tarantino it, did, yeah. Exactly. Oh man, we understand each other real good, you know, <laughs> because I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like, what? Wow, yeah. it's so brand new. It's so refreshing. It's so, it's so not so Star Wars inside of the Star Wars universe. So it was like pretty cool. I right. loved it. Of course, right. uh, the last part of the of the series where I don't know if you already saw that. If not, I'm gonna spoil you something. I prefer to keep my mouth shut if that is the case. Oh, you, ahead, you spoil it. It? I'm, uh, are you talking about Baby Yoda being? Um... Uh, being taken by by Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah. Ah, you already saw that. I, I didn't see it, but I know about it. Ah well, well probably it's not a big spoiler. <laughs> anyway, but watching okay it's a cgi thing but watching skywalker like luke skywalker the the return of the jedi luke skywalker in the mandalorian was like oh boy that's the coolest thing ever man because that was like i don't know the final touch to say this is the series this is this is really disney plus series yeah you have one division yes you have loki yes you have falcon and the winter solar because they're marvel stuff and they have to do marvel things because they're on disney plus but the mandalorian was mind-blowing mandalorian was mind-blowing for me yeah <laughs> yeah we should say that it was awesome awesome to watch i mean yeah I, I couldn't get enough of it, you know, and it's a it's a very crappy thing what they did with Gina Carano, you know, the the girl uh, on the series that was like super bulky and stuff that used to be an MMA fighter. I mean, they basically kicked her off because she said some things on Twitter, I think. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't really but, keep up with that. OK, I may not agree exactly with what she said. But mm -hmm. basically. One of the things that happened, in my perspective, is they just cut her uh, free freedom of. Exp I don't. I don't know if the expression is correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. The the right for her to speak her own mind. You know, like freedom of speech. Yeah. Well. Okay. In, okay. I mean, maybe it was not exactly political, like a correct comment, but it's her comment. I mean, I may not agree with it. But I respect it. And the yeah. fact they kick her out because they didn't respect her point of view. If you ask me, that is cutting a, her freedom of speech, you know. And as far as yeah. I know, especially in a place like the United States, it's, it's something that is so, so pure, you know. The right to say or to speak your mind. Maybe you, win, you may not agree with a lot of people because that's. That's yeah. that's pretty obvious. I mean, this is this this world is so big that it's impossible to to agree with everything with everybody. It's just impossible. But it doesn't. Take I think yeah, yeah. I think well, first of all, um, in the Constitution, uh, traditionally the Constitution has said 
or it has been interpreted to say that, uh, like, I can say things about the government, or I can say things mm-hmm. about, um, hmm, I can say things about the state or the federal government. And, you know, it's been broadened over the years so that somebody can say things about whatever. And, you know, as long as it's not. But I think I think and I had this conversation earlier today on another podcast. I think part of our problem is that, you know, you have to think about, well, you have to go with the terms of service of the different apps or the different like Twitter or Facebook or, you know, I mean, but you can't be a, like a teacher. You can't be a teacher in this country and and say certain things and, and not. I understand. Inspired. That I mean, you know, no, I completely understand. I mean, but I, I, but I, I, I totally get what you're saying, though. I mean, mm-hmm. it, to me, it, it. I feel like we're going down a road. We, we could be going down a road. It might not be great, depending on, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, what are you, what are you really doing? You're you're working for a company that makes a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. That makes a yep. whole lot of money, and you're basically saying something on your Twitter or your Facebook or whatever, and that company might say, "Oh, I don't like that you say that." So yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, maybe okay. It's not what the uh, I don't inside of what the company stands for. I completely agree with it. I mean, I understand that maybe the in this case Disney tells or Disney tells you, hey, we have some guidelines we have to follow. We have some I don't know, policies we have to just be careful with. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't. I I don't remember. It's it was something about. You cannot say what you think. And also, Gina Carano is a very loud and vocal person. I really respect that. Once again, I may not agree with what she said because I, of course, it's not exactly that I, I I cannot be for, I cannot be against something that is maybe so anti-Semitic commentary because first of all, I'm Latin American. It may not be exactly the same, but I kind of understand what's com- where it's coming from. But it's like, for example, you're, I don't know, cutting people, of course, I, once again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just talking with, with the, the thing that I know about it. But mm. it's like, for example, cutting uh, a Republican's voice in a Democrat state or vice versa, you know? Well, maybe maybe it's not the correct comparison, but well, that's... That's the one that I have here okay. in Mexico City, well, right? The problem, so our constitution, uh, our very system of government, is founded on the idea of compromise. And the problem now is that you have people who don't want to compromise. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, and you have these people on either side of the, you know, political spectrum that basically want to live in a parliamentary system. They might not realize that. They might not say, I want to be in a parliamentary system, but that's what they want. They want, they don't want compromise, you know, either side, either the left or the right, or, you know, far yeah, left. Yeah, pretty much or the, the far same right. both ways, right? 
Yeah, it's not, it's not the same, but the attitude towards government, the attitude towards government as a whole is the same, I think. Yeah, honestly. I mean, it's very, very difficult. It's not the same it, goals, but. So let me ask you a question. Does Mexico have a, in Mexico, do you have the freedom of speech? Well, our government says we do. <laughs> That's all I'm going to okay. say. That's all I'm going to say. Our government says that we do. But over history, of Mexican history, we learned uh, about some moments where probably, probably it may not look like it. I have cases, well, I know cases, Ayotzinapa, Agua Fria. Um, oh, my God, it's just there's so much I don't remember all of them. Where their freedom of speech was cut off, but it wasn't so loud because it didn't, it didn't happen in a big city. For example, if it happens in Mexico City, there's just no way you're going you're gonna to keep like 10 million people quiet it's just impossible but if it happens in a small town well the people that are organizing and getting gathering in are less than 500 if the town is of 1000 well that's a different story i mean it also happened for once in mexico city uh, in 1968 the mm. issue of tatelolco what's that Mexican students were, uh, for, I'm talking about Mexican students from high school and college levels, protesting against how the government was really getting into the schools, like to control the masses, especially because the Olympics in 68 were coming like in the next couple of weeks. And there was just a huge massacre orchestrated by the Mexican government in this place is called Plaza de las Tres Culturas in Mexico City. The area of the city is called Tlatelolco, right? Mm -hmm. There was this massive meeting of students. Um, it, like, for example, it was a meeting of the Black Lives Matter movement. It was a peaceful meeting. There was a lot of young people trying to raise their voice. There was no internet. It was 1968. Imagine 1968 yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So the media was totally controlled by the government. Well, probably is. I mean, internet is just doesn't allow them to give or to have a complete control of it right now. It's impossible. But back then, the news were saying a beautiful day once again in Mexico City. But everybody knew what happened in Tlatelolco because they have a friend. They have a cousin, my brother. They started to shoot people. A lot of people would disappear. So if you ask me, there has been freedom of speech in Mexico? Of course not. Right now, they say there is. But I cannot guarantee that if you're going foul and strong against the government. For example, the president that we have right now is the first one to contradict and try to lower all the critics against him, like saying, nah, it's nothing. Like, nah, they're just trying to confuse people and whatever. And like, ah, oh, come on. But well, we have to deal with the guy for another two years or three years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's but there's, um, cool. in this country, so in this country, traditionally, um, if I, you know, traditionally in this country, you have freedom is like if I was to say 
uh, I don't like the president and here's why. Like, I could pretty much say that. And I, not pretty, I could say that. Um, now, if you start to threaten the president, like physically threaten the president, you know, then you get into a little gray area, right? Um, yeah. Especially if you get specific. If you get like really specific, right? Yeah, like you, you get, you know, and but you could still say it, but you're going to be, hmm, you might be watched. Like you might, it, but it depends on how forceful you say it. Like yeah, of it course. depends on how specific it is and forceful. Um, so there's that. Um, now, as far as free speech, as far as saying things like, um, you know, there was the court case. I, I can't remember the name of it. But the quote was, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Um, one of the Supreme Court justices said, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Um, now, that traditionally has been the case. Um, but see, our media, our media um, on either side of the equation, on either side of the spectrum, is going, is basically dying. And so they, they get more and more uh, inflammatory, I guess would, would be the way to say it. Okay. And, yeah. and also they get more and more, like there were things that happened with the form with the with the last president that weren't uh that the media would have known about that happened before he was even president and you yeah. didn't they didn't cover that they didn't say well this is this went on back in the 80s or, or this went on back in the 90s or whatever like they didn't hammer that home which is funny because it was in the library i mean yeah. <laughs> you could you yeah, could literally thing, go to you could literally the information go to the was there, right? Like, dude, it is right there. Just grab a paper of those years, <laughs> and it's right there. But I don't know. It's just that sometimes society tends to forget a lot of things that are really important. They are important, you know? I mean, right. So, but at the same time, okay. I don't know. Yes, we have freedom of speech. Yes, it's important. I mean, the podcast, the the radio show I'm on in Singapore on Wednesday, um, mm -hmm. you know, the government listens to that over there, and not in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, so you know, I mean, probably I take a lot of the freedoms or liberties to speak with Becky because, well, since I'm in Mexico. Things right. are a little different about finding people. You know, you can do a couple of things there that may not look good or correct. So you can say whatever you want and, well, okay, find me. Good luck. Good luck trying to find me. I, I'm, I mean, in Mex I'm in Mexico. You're in Singapore. We don't, like, you You can't. What do you care? There's a way. There, there, believe me, believe me. If, if you knew the people that I know, you know, you probably think, oh, there are ways. Maybe if they track me, they're gonna think I am in Eastern Europe or someplace in Africa or whatever. <laughs> there are ways. I mean, maybe some some deeper CIA stuff may be able to catch those people, you know. But yeah. rather than that, I see it very difficult. But well, I mean, imagine what you have to do in order to protect 
the right you have to say, okay, not whatever you want, but to express yourself and express your ideas, express your thoughts. I always, I always thought that if you're going to do it, try to do it with the most respect that you can, because there's people that is not going to agree with you. Of course, like, like I said before, but you know, if you want people to really listen to you, say it the most respectful way that you can. All right? right, because if you just go violent and I don't know, um, just go all out with your comments, right. it, probably people is not going to take you serious, you know, even though probably your point is legit and probably you are saying mm -hmm. something that is completely valid. The way you say it may uh, disqualify a little bit your argument, you know. Right. And that. That's very true. That's very important. Very true. Um, and a little, maybe going back a little bit to the comic books, I think that Marvel is following that path of saying, please follow our policies or we're not going to publish your story. Okay, and you're saying Marvel's doing that? Yeah, because I see there's a lot of... For, there's a lot more freedom in the way the, the writers and and illustrators are doing their job it's not and they will some of writers have said it's just that i don't have any freedom to express the story that i want because they we have to follow the new marvel guidelines oh you know, okay of being politically correct all the time for example deadpool wouldn't exist the punisher wouldn't exist wolverine how i mean i couldn't see deadpool I mean, you're right. I could not see Deadpool today in this climate, honestly. No, I mean, and I, I am pretty surprised that Deadpool hasn't, I don't know, hasn't received any, uh, I don't know, any attempt of being canceled by the social media justice fighters. You know, the people that is saying uh, that everything is, everything has to be in a certain way, but they don't do anything for society. They're just some. Uh, I don't know, some guy yeah. in, in in mama's I, I house. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, oh, I, I, I don't understand, like, maybe they don't go after Deadpool because they know Deadpool is Deadpool. It, 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 that's like, the point. The like, characters are made in a certain way it's, I mean, also, we have to consider a little context. When was Deadpool created? Or when Deadpool saw the light for the first time? It was, I don't remember exactly if it was the 80s or the 90s, but it was a completely different time. If you take a character like mm. Deadpool nowadays, people are going to start it. destroying the internet, saying, oh my God, the violence level is just so much. And they're going to say, dude, you should have, uh, I don't know, Dark Horse should have gone after that image should have gone after that the punisher is another one i mean uh yeah there yeah. is a character that i think okay right now the punisher wouldn't be politically correct but those characters were developed that way they were developed well, to mean, be violent and they were developed to be rated r it was a different time you're right you said exactly. it. it was it it was a different time. I mean, I mean, you know, 
here's how you know it was a different time. Um, watch. Okay, so there's a show. Mm-hmm. It's called Full House. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh yes, um, of course. Yes. Okay. Yes, I remember okay. that. I used to. I have a com. I, I don't. Okay. I have a comedy blog. It's called Full House. I mean, it's called. Um, it's called. Uh, God, let me. I'm blanking. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Don't okay. worry. Take your I have a comedy. I have a comedy blog called Game uh, called Dragon Review, where mm-hmm. I talk about uh, Game of Thrones. I compare things to Game of Thrones, basically. Oh, um, I have to check. Yeah, it out. but it's funny. It's like a funny thing. All right. Okay. So I did uh, full. I, I watched Full House for that. Like I watched for the first time in decades. I watched Full House. All right. And I'm like, I'm I'm watching the first episode of the first season, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, you couldn't have this on television today. No. You couldn't do that. You couldn't. You couldn't have a show about three guys raising two girls and have some of the jokes they had on four on Full House and not I mean <laughs> I don't think you could do that on HBO. I don't know. Well, I totally agree with you. Right now it would be very yeah. hard to see it. You have to be on a platform that is really okay with that. But sometimes you have to go on the Hulu or the Peacock or well, well, what is the name of the other one? Stars. You know, those platforms that may not be as big as, for example, HBO Max or Disney Plus or Netflix or Amazon Prime. Because if they don't have a lot of spotlight on them, they can get away with more things than the competition does. Because they are, they may not be so um, on the on the spotlight all the time, you know. Nowadays, you're talking about Netflix, and everybody's like paying attention what they're gonna do, right? And they're gonna pay attention not only to the quality of the story, or but if they're gonna see if it is politically correct. If not, the internet is gonna go crazy for or against it. But it's gonna be, it's gonna happen, it, and. For example, there is this TV, well, this series in Netflix called Big Mouth. It's a cartoon, but you can tell it's not for kids. Big issue about some parents. I cannot believe that some parents of my age are saying, "Ah, it's a cartoon. Let it. Let the kids watch it." But dude, really, have you seen Big Mouth in the first place? I have not. It's um, it's a parody of how teenagers have um, experienced the changes in their body, like the, the body development that they have, and oh, yeah. you know, finding attraction yeah, yeah. of the opposite sex, or maybe, you know, the hormones are just exploding, and how they feel it, and how society may see it, or may develop it, and I don't know, I like that series because it tackles it in a, in a way that probably you wouldn't get. Or, I don't know, just blows your mind, you know, it's because of mm. the of the way they do, they do it, but definitely it's not politically correct. Mm. You know? And the other one that I saw recently, I mean, I'm watching little by little because the season is on the way, is Rick and Morty. Mm. You heard of it, right? I, I remember guess. Rick and Morty. Yeah, I remember Rick and Morty. 
This series is just so, so politically incorrect. And I don't like it because of being politically incorrect, because it would be just dull to say, ah, I like it because it's this. No, it really has a deeper story than it than what it looks like. Mm. It has some deeper meanings about a guy trying to avoid their family, but not really trying to avoid their family. You know, he's just, he's Rick Sanchez is different in a way, and Morty is just a teenager experiencing life changes, but he has to do it with a grandpa that is like the the smartest guy in the universe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, but he's also like maybe the smartest guy scientifically speaking because the guy is a genius. But his moral options or his moral actions are really questionable, even though they have a way deeper meaning. Some things you say, oh, I wouldn't do that. No, don't do that. Even mm-hmm. though that gives you a good argument about why he's doing it. It's just awesome, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Anymore. Yeah. And Morty trying to be the politically correct, but because he wants to be politically correct, everything goes wrong with him. Like, mm. go crazy for a while. Just give yourself a chance of going nuts. And you, you're you going to see that there's just a different a different perspective of, every, of things, you know? Like, get loose. Let, mm. let yourself go. Mm. So let me ask. Um, so, so I'm learning here that Mexicans are—they know about American cancel culture. I—I'm I, pretty sure I would have thought that that was possible, but I didn't know that that was a thing. That you guys know about American cancel culture? Well. The, that culture here in Mexico was learned because we saw that in the U.S. I mean, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook spread the news worse than the COVID. Faster than COVID. So, so is, okay, in Mexico, is Mexico, because it's a Catholic country, basically, right? Yeah. So is it a a conservative country religiously, or is it a not a conservative country? Well, sometimes I feel that, of course, this is my perspective, but sometimes you say that you're a religious person because the whole family is religious. But, for example, going to church, I don't see that a lot recently. I mean, people that attend church in Mexico are the older folks. You know, my my grandparents attend church because that's why they have done all their lives. I... I never like to go there. Um, even though the country is Catholic, I don't consider myself a Catholic person or Christian, Presbyterian, or whatever you want to call it. I just don't consider myself mm. a religious person. All right? Mm. There's a lot of people that actually not only doesn't agree with me, but I don't know. It's just the way that I see it, is not exactly the way people like to hear it. And I, even though I try to defend my, my argument, people get so angry because it's part of their life. It's part of their education. It's part of what they have learned all of their lives. You know, the Catholic way of doing things. Now, now let me ask you a question. Yeah. You're a, you teach um, people from Central and South America, right? 
Yes, I have some students. I have people from okay. Venezuela. I have people from Argentina. If yeah. everything goes okay, I'm going to have a little small group from Costa Rica. If okay. everything falls the way I expect. Okay. So let me, okay. So, so are they more, uh, like, so Mexico City is a big city, right? It's a big city. Yeah. Um, big cities tend to be more liberal or more less conservative than other places. Definitely. Um, I would say. So are the people from Central and South America that you see in your school, are they maybe more culturally conservative than, say, the the people that you know in Mexico City? Or, or I would say that it's quite diverse. I would say that it's quite diverse. For example, the the two Argentinian students that I have are Catholic, but one of them is gay. And as far as I understand, the Catholic Church is not exactly happy with that. So yeah, he, has the, he, has a, yeah. he has a little debate inside of him right now. But, well, I mean, yeah. that's that's what he believes. I try not to get into that because sometimes I right. understand in Mexico it's a very sensitive, uh, very sensitive topic, speaking about religion. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So... Yes, I have my opinion, but I try to keep that particular opinion to myself because even though I know there's people that is not going to agree with me, uh, the backlash can be a little harder than I expect. Especially yeah. in a Catholic place like Mexico, and I understand that South America, the numbers, and Central South America, the numbers tell you the Catholic Church is just all over the place. But I cannot guarantee it's a 100%, maybe 85, 90% of population, but it's still a big number. Yeah, that's a big number. That's a big number. Um, yeah. Big number. Yeah, and for example, the guys that I have from Venezuela, technically speaking, they are not in Venezuela. They are here in Mexico City. They uh, they mm. get out, they, they got out of Venezuela the first chance they had. Mm. And... Well, what they say is, God willing, God willing, God willing, everything will be fine. But one day, one of my students told me, if God was real, Venezuela wouldn't be in the way they are. Or we are. That was a, well, that's a brutal comment. Man. Yeah. For Coming from a Catholic person. Right. So I, I understand that maybe being Catholic in Latin America is not really believing in God the way they tell you to. But it's, um, how can I say this, a little different. It's just like part of the way they live their lives. They believe in God because of the tradition, not because they really buy it. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, yes. Yes. I guess that should be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, the thing I've learned um, talking to people is how similar people are, but also in some ways how different people are. Like, um, you know, you know, people living in cities that are less conservative than people who don't live in cities the world over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the world over. And also, like, people, religion is, I don't want to say it's on the way out, but there seems to be people, maybe not, interested or as interested in the religion of their parents and grandparents and that's the world over 
definitely. I mean, one of the things that I believe is that sometimes we believe in something bigger than us because of the human necessity of believing in something bigger than us. But it's more something that we want to believe instead of something we think about. You know, there's a difference between being logic, uh, being logical yes. and try, speaking with a, a very, I don't know, with hopes in your heart, you know, like, oh, yes, Jesus, the Lord is going to come eventually to uh, to mm. take whoever has been good and whatever. And but so far, a lot of people go to the church and say, dude, if they, that was supposed to happen, do you think that the COVID time would be a great time for that to happen? Yeah, I um, I, I have this podcast. I don't know. Well, you might know it. I have this podcast where I talk about COVID um, a lot. And actually, I'm going to do a, a COVID episode here in a while. All right. But um, about Delta. But, uh, you know, I... Marion. Yeah, I get people telling me, you know, uh, COVID is how Jesus is going to take me. Like, no, I don't want to be vaccinated because COVID is how Jesus is going to take me. And I don't, I'm just I like, don't, if you want my hey, opinion, I don't think that can be logical because if if they follow really what Jesus was saying or what it's written on the Bible, for example, there has yeah. been people that believes with all their hearts. Or believe with all their hearts about uh, Jesus, about Jesus and the Lord's word, and they were the first that w they were taken away by COVID. Like, okay, if that was true, they were supposed to be alive, not dead. So, what happened there? You know, <laughs> and right now, especially people a little bit, a little, a little bit younger than my generation, maybe 25, mm. 20s, they mm. say, I believe it. Because they taught me that I had to do it. But if you ask me if, if, I, if I find a lot of common sense there, no. There's a lot of, I have a lot of friends that are Catholic by tradition, not by belief. Mm. Or a personal mm. belief, you know, like they really yeah. buy. That's, that's the thing. It's so part of the Latin American culture. For example, you see it on the architecture. Uh, a lot of the a lot of traditions are religion related to. I mean, some of our vacations are related to, to church. I mean, I am an atheist person, and I say, well, the government said it wasn't that time of vacation, so well, here we go. I'm not gonna fight that. <laughs> Yeah, but well, I mean that's that's pretty much the thing, you know. <laughs> well, thank you, Miguel. Thank you very much. And, oh, thanks um, to you, sir. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, really. I mean, I really appreciate being here on your show, and I hope once again this is not the last time we have we we must have a, a talk about a lot of stuff going on, like in future episodes. We will, we will. Excellent. But um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and as always, um, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. And I'll talk to you later, folks. All right, let me hit. Let me hit stop.